right, guys, we got an incredible episode for you this week. We have Chairman John Wall, Chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, coming on to tell his story, uh, how he got into uh, this line of work. He's going to talk about the presidential election, his role on the state library board, and kind of how providential that is that he is uh, there for that with everything going on in the libraries. And then he's going to discuss legislative victories that he's played a part in uh, and some of the things he's looking forward to hopefully playing a part in in the future. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast, where we're in pursuit of a free and flourishing Alabama every single week. We have a great episode today. We have the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party coming on uh, to talk about some of the things that he does. I know for some of us, it's a bit of an enigma. What 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 is the party? How does it function? What does the chairman do? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some legislative victories and some things that we need to see happen. Oh, I don't know. School choice might be uh, something that comes up. We're going to talk about the upcoming presidential election. Uh, and Mr. John Wall is also, uh, been embroiled in the whole library stuff. He just happens to sit on, uh, the state library board, which I think is providential, uh, with everything going on in the libraries, who knew that that would be such a, a big board to sit on. So we're going to be diving into that. But before we do, I want to remind you guys, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you're on Apple podcasts, Spotify, rumble, Wherever you get the podcast, click the subscribe button so that you're getting notifications. Well, and there's actually, you can click a bell after that to make sure you're getting notifications whenever we publish content so you're not missing out on anything. Um, if there's a place where you can leave a review, please leave a five-star review. Share these episodes on social media so that we can get the word out. Um, 1819 News is doing a fabulous job, if I don't say so myself. Uh, of informing, investigating, and celebrating, informing the people of Alabama about what's going on, why it matters. We're investigating corruption. As you guys know, Alabama is one of the most politically corrupt states in the nation. It's a target-rich environment. And, and you know, with the bad, also, we're celebrating the things about the state that are good, true, and beautiful. And as we do that, um, we need to reach more and more Alabamians for us to have a bigger and bigger impact. And we need your help to do that. So please uh, share these on social media, subscribe, let others know about the content we're making. Well, uh, without further ado on that, we'll welcome him in, Chairman John Wall. Thanks for coming in. Oh, no, it's it's good to be here. I, I'm a big fan of you guys. Uh, listen to you when I have time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to be on the show. Yeah, glad you're here. Trying, I mean, the, I, I, the, my gut wants to go immediately into the library stuff, but we'll, we'll, we'll pace ourselves. We've got a good 40 minutes here of, of interview and talk. Um, so um, maybe talk first a little bit. You know, we're really big on story at 1819 News. We love to hear people's stories. You know, mm. uh, story typically plays into who people are and why they do what they do. Um, and so talk a little bit about uh, who you are, what your parents, like where are you from, your parents, how you got into the business. Uh, you know, how, how did you become the chairman? Just kind of give us a little little that. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I, and it's a, it's a fun story because I never dreamed growing up that I would be involved in politics, you know, that I would, I would be the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, right? Yeah. Uh, I grew up on a small uh, small farm in Limestone County, North Alabama. Uh, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful parts of the state, you know, yeah. uh, right along the Elk River uh, Valley, a, a tributary of the Tennessee River. 
And the, the river valleys up there are just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and just uh, grew up on a farm. I, I think that's a great place to grow up. A lot of common sense happens on a farm, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, real, I call it real life. You know, we see all, yeah. these, all these kids nowadays, you know, on their computers all the time, on their cell phones. And uh, I'm like, I love to see, when I, when I get a chance to, to have uh, kids um, experience nature, yeah. you know, playing in a creek getting out to the river. Uh, not a lot of transgender cows. I have not found one yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, now I, now I went, I didn't go for, for cattle farming. Okay. Uh, I, I have a little bit of a different type of farming. Okay. I, I know you know this, uh, yes. not all your listeners will. I, I'm a leptozoologist. So, yeah. uh, uh, that's a fancy way of saying I'm a butterfly farmer. Interesting. Uh, I, I raise, I raise butterflies for zoos and, uh, different exhibits across the country. Um, and, uh, I, I am proud to report you know, not all states can say this. Your Alabama Republican Party chairman, as a leptozoologist, can tell the difference between a male and a female. There you go. Uh, and, and that is a rare gift in today's yeah. political world. So. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> See, I told you, people's uh, upbringing uh, affects, uh, you know, their positions. It, and so we need to know these it things. It matters. It really does. You know, and unfortunately, I'm probably overqualified to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. But I'm, I am, I am, I'm doing my best to do a good job as chairman of the state party. How's there that? There you go. Uh, I like it. So, so just grew up on the farm, um, you know, the butterfly farming, love of nature. I love the outdoors. Um, and, and, a, and a lot of my upbringing and um, just throughout life, I, I have this, I have a curiosity. I, yeah. I love to, ex, you know, read books, listen to things, understand why I believe what I believe, whether that's religiously, you know, I'm, I'm very yeah. much a man of faith. I, I believe in, in the, a lot of the principles that our founders did, yeah. you know, believing in, in, a, in a biblical worldview, uh, you know, believing that there is a creator and that our rights come from our creator, not yeah. from government. Uh, yeah. Like, like it's, it's this grand American experiment is that we, the people, um, derive our rights from our creator. Yeah. And through that, no government or no other man has a fundamental authority to take those rights from us. Yeah. And that's a very uniquely American idea. And yeah. so, just as, as I as I explored why I believe what I believe on a religious level on a, on a political level, I found myself getting more and more involved because if if good people aren't involved, we condemn ourselves to be ruled by tyrants. Yeah, and um, started off just you know as, as a fairly young man helping candidates, uh, you know locally. Uh, I, I was in a Democrat county, and I, I did not realize that Limestone County was a Democrat county. I I, I just you know, just because they were Democrat elected officials, I didn't know better that Republicans weren't supposed to win. Yeah. So I started helping Republican candidates run for office. Um, the, the guys I agreed with, you know, kind of had the same worldview as. And um, lo and behold, they started winning. And so yeah. it was very much enjoyed being part of that process of flipping my, my hometown as a young man from a, you know, from a Democrat area to a Republican area. Yeah. Um, and then grew from there, just got involved uh, higher up in the party. I worked for the party as a field rep in 2012. Um, and uh, then got elected to the state executive committee and uh, just accidentally stumbled into the chairman's role. I was always more of a back scenes guy, a strategist, you know, helping candidates, helping people um, get elected, did a lot of polling. Uh, yeah. I, I love numbers. And, you know, yeah. it kind of goes back to that searching for information, searching for truth. The same thing with numbers. I, I, yeah. I, I love I information. I love trend lines, that type of thing. So yeah. did a lot of that with candidates. Um, got elected as uh, vice chairman of the state Republican Party. And then um, chairmanship came open. Uh, I looked for someone else good to run. Uh, there was nobody out stepping out. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go for it. So yeah. that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. There you go. Well, I know you won't say this, but I'll say it about you. Um, and and then you can fill in the blanks. Um, you know, I, I don't under like, so one, um, 1819 News is neither Republican or Democrat. We're not uh, 
affiliated with any political party. Uh, but Alabama does have a, a Republican supermajority. It's kind of the overwhelming, um, even the AEA is trying to be Republican now. Um, and so, which I guess that's a whole nother topic we can jump into. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, that being the case, um, that, that's, that's where everything seems to be happening in Alabama as it is right now. It hasn't always been that way, but right now, um, that's where most of this stuff is happening and taking place uh, is, is, is within the, the Republican Party. And so... Um, one of the, the the most interesting things I've seen um, from you is, you know, you were able to get Ron DeSantis here and throw an absolute massive, um, you know, fundraising event yeah. for, for Al Gott. But, but you know, the fundraising is, is good for you guys. But just from my standpoint of being an Alabamian to be able to have Ron DeSantis come in and put on an event that, that's lar- that, that is that large, and you have a guy who, you know, no matter what you may think of him as president— um, who's shown tremendous courage in a, in a state as a governor, right? And you're the head of well, a state party. Well, and not and I, I like I want to highlight here not yeah. just showed courage, but yeah. was able to take a swing state and win it by 20 points. Yeah, with a, a message of bold conservatism. Yeah. Right? Like you have to be impressed by that. And when I saw yeah. that election result, I was like, I, I need to bring that guy. I want him to come to Alabama and talk to the people of Alabama, our legislature, our elected officials, and and hear his model because it works. And I'm, you know, it's my job to observe the goings on, right? That's what we do. And I'm telling you, from the time that DeSantis was here to today, there was a shift that happened, okay? And you have a guy who's that courageous. People, you know, men don't follow titles. They follow courage. You have a guy who's courageous. You have a guy who's effective. You guy, you have a guy who's out front leading. Um, and he came, and I think a lot of Republican, you know, officials uh, in Alabama, that are in office right now saw that. And I think it affected them. I think they're, they're realizing now that man, we, if he can do that in Florida, surely I could do that in Alabama yeah. and we're starting to see that trend. And then, but not only that, um, and then to, I've never been in a room with more people than I was at the Trump dinner. You know, when you guys had your, <laughs> your, uh, summer event, I guess it was. Um, and that was absolutely packed at the Renaissance. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And so to be able to pull both of those two events off, um, and get those two people to come to Alabama uh, is no small thing. Yeah, I, I don't really remember that Trump dinner because uh, <laughs> this uh, is a blur. But, but, but I hear it was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, and it's fascinating to me. You, you know, we talk, just talked about two names that yeah. that were that the party brought to Alabama: yeah. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And when you think about these figures, um, these are the most probably the most two most popular. Uh, people in conservative politics in the country right now, yeah. uh, at least on the elected official side. And I, I think it's interesting. They have a lot in common. Yeah. They're bold conservatives. Yeah. And, and I really think that is the message moving forward for Republicans. We have got to be bold. Yeah. Don't be, why, why are we cowards about what yeah. we believe in? Like be bold, be strong, and you will be rewarded for it. Yep. Not just with Republican voters, but with independents. With, yeah. with with uh, you know Democrats, uh, we we saw that in Florida. We see that you know where, where Trump pulls um, black voters better than Republicans have in years yeah. on a presidential level, and I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, bold conservatives are rewarded. People are looking for people who are willing to stand up, yeah. and and I'm glad I'm glad you're noticing a shift because yeah. I think we need that shift, even in red states like Alabama. It's important that we're we're strong and we we fight for those values that we believe in. Yeah, no, I mean 100, percent and I think. Um, I mean, you see it everywhere, like from, you know, from Jason Aldean, when he comes out with a song, you know, try that in a small town and they try to cancel him and then, you know, boom, he actually it launches him into first. Um, you saw what happened to Bud Light. You saw what happened, you know, with Target. And so, again, it's this shift that's happening. 
And again, and uh, it's not a Republican Democrat shift. It's like a it's a, a good versus evil. <laughs> it's a uh, light, um, common sense, light and yeah. darkness. I mean, yeah. we we have to be honest about the battle we're in. You are yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, and um, I think um, just not being ashamed of of you know I'm I'm a Christian and I'm there's not a single text in the Bible that I'm ashamed of right and there's certain portions of the Bible that are hard but you can't be ashamed about any of it if you really believe it and and I think that's what we're kind of saying is that you know we've 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 not done that and it's created the circumstances we're in uh, and the way to get out of that is is um, boldness courage. Uh, and standing on a standard, and and I believe that standard is the Word of God. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely, and you know, I think it's the same thing governmentally, right? Like, like in our on the political side, it's the Constitution. You know, we, we've got to why are why are we ashamed about the style and the form of government that our founders gave to us? Yeah, you know, there are there are socialist countries all over the world. There are communist countries all over the world. Yeah. There, there there's democracies all over the world, and we are not a democracy, by the way. Right. I, I always get grumpy when I hear our polit- you know yeah. our politicians go, "We must save our democracy," or, or, or you know, Democrats, the the hall, the temple of democracy in DC. I was like, yeah. no, 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 that's a yeah. modern concept. We are a constitutional republic. Yeah, uh, and and it, there's a very fundamental difference between those forms of government. Um, but you know, there's all these other types of governments around the world. Yeah, we're America. We have this uh, birthright of freedom and liberty, and we should not be ashamed of that. Like, why Why would we ever want to back down from yeah. something that has worked so well? I mean, yeah. we, we became the most powerful nation in the world with these principles. And now we, we, we're like, oh, no, we can do better. Uh, history has taught us very few forms of government can do better than America. Yeah. And again, it's not perfect, but it's certainly better than anything else that's been tried. And and, and I believe it's effective because it's rooted um, obviously in a lot of biblical traditions as well as the Greco-Roman, you know, aspects. And it reminds me, I can't remember which, uh, of the authors I had a, a guy on, his name was Glenn Sunshine who came on and, and talked about, uh, these things and going back to Republic versus democracy, mm. he said, you have three legitimate forms of government. You have, uh, you have a monarchy, but when a, a monarch, uh, begins to neglect his responsibility for those who are under his care and rules in such a way as to benefit himself, it turns into a tyrant, which almost always happens. By yeah, the way, always, but yeah. Yes. And so you have, you have a monarch that falls into a tyrant. You have an aristocracy. And when an aristocracy begins to, you know, not care about the people under it and it functions for its own good, rather than the good of those who are under the, the, the aristocracy, they fall into an oligarchy. And then it says that the, the next legitimate form of government is the Republic. And when the Republic doesn't function the way that it's supposed to, it actually falls into a democracy. Yeah. And so democracy is a fallen Republic. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and that's what we see the push towards, right? Yeah. Like first it was, it was abandoning the Republic principles we stand for yeah. and, and get into democracy. And the next step after that is socialism. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that's the end game. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and that, I think that's why we, it's so important that we have people engaged in the process and who are, you know, going back to my original comments of, Good people have to get involved or we do condemn ourselves to be ruled by tyrants. Yep. One of the the things that launched me into the conservative movement, uh, I got saved. And shortly after I got saved, I read a book called The Death of the West by Pat Buchanan. And it absolutely Mm. set me on fire. And he outlines the long march to the institutions. And you look at Marcuse and Gramsci going back to Marx, Marx's, you know, writings and how they influenced Lenin. Uh, Lenin to Stalin. And then ultimately the Frankfurt School, all this stuff. But what 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 it boils down to is they, they weren't able to move communism west by tank or by sword or by war. They had to do it culturally and institutionally. And so what they've done over the last 100 years is infect yeah. every single institution in our nation 
uh, and fill it with communist egalitarian, just filth and horrible thought. Uh, and it's been like a disease, like a cancer moving through our nation and all these institutions that were once great are infected with Marxism and, and it's, and it's causing, uh, it's, it's wreaking havoc. No, absolutely. And you know, I, I try to explain this every day, whether it's, whether it's the, well, and th- th- this is a, this, I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'm going to take a, a side path quick. Sure. We talk about demo- different forms of democracy, uh, different forms of government, democracies, yeah. republics. Uh, I'm afraid America has almost become a bureaucracy. Yeah. Everything is run by bureaucrats. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can switch parties and it doesn't really make a difference in DC, right? Like yeah. the, the fundamental direction of the country stays the same because so much is run by, by these institutions that have grown up around the, the industrial complexes. Yeah. Um, whether that's education, military, it's whatever area you, you want to put it in. Um, and it stays the same no matter what administration is in charge. Yeah. And, and I think that is not the vision of our founding fathers. Yeah. We, we should we should have people should be driving. Um, the people and the people's representatives should be driving the train, not unelected bureaucrats. Um, but to go past that to these institutions, so many of them have been infiltrated by, by Marxist ideas. Yeah. And, and I think why that is so dangerous and why it's so important that we hit it head on is we have to realize the goal of of people who want to turn our country into a Marxist or a socialist uh, country. And it goes back to if you want an all-powerful central government who can give you, you know, take in and then redistribute, you know, this is their goal, you have to get rid of the competition for that style of government. And the competition to Marxism, the competition to socialism is a strong family unit. Yep. Faith in God. Yep. And it's a strong local community. Yep. And those are the principles. When you think about what made America great, yep. when you think about, and, and I'm proud to say what the Republican Party stands for, our platform, yep. it's the exact polar opposite. You know, we believe in, in, in protecting religious liberty. We believe in, in creating a strong traditional family unit. And we believe in, in supporting our local community and that governs government that governs local governs best. The closer you can get it back to the individual, the better it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the media problem is everyone is so, um, captured by the Fox news. Um, you know, Vladimir Putin, Nancy Pelosi, Ukraine, Justin Trudeau. It's like, man, no, 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 no. Library board, school board, city council, mayor, county commission, sheriff, right. That's where so much is happening, or at least that's where you can resist. If you have, those things, right? It really doesn't matter what's going on in D.C., at least not as much. No, that's absolutely right. People forget how much power comes from the local. Yeah. And and what happens locally climbs the ladder. Yeah. It always has. It always will. Local matters. And and you see that more than anywhere else with your elected officials. Yeah. Who wins your state house seats? It's your county commissioners or your city councilmen. Yeah. Who wins Congress? Well, it's your state house and state senate members. Yeah. You know, you start you, you, you those local positions end up being your leaders all the way up the ladder. So, getting involved locally is incredibly important at every single level yeah. because it impacts your community, your culture, which then impacts you and your children. Yeah, I think what we're seeing, and I keep teasing out this library piece that I want to dive into with you, but um, as we began to expose what was going on in the libraries, um, we had people in Prattville reach out. A lady named Hannah Reese, she reaches out. Showed us some of the things that were, you know, in these these libraries and in, in the children's section of libraries that, that are pornographic. Uh, also, you know, with the intent to groom, like this is not just neutrally pornographic images. It's image, you know, it's 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 borderline curriculum that's teaching mm. people to question their sexuality and sexually experiment. You know, at like six years old, just insane stuff. 
She brings that to us. We report on it. And then they go to their library board, their local library board and their local library board. Says, we can't do anything but go to city council. Yeah. And then they, so, you know, tons and tons of people show up at the city council that are, and they're upset. And the city council's like, it's not us. It's the library board. And they keep pointing back and forth at each other, which is not leadership. <laughs> and so what you're going to see is you have all these, these, these people. And so then that happened in Prattville and then it spread to Foley and then it spread to uh, Dothan and, and Madison County and Shelby County. And now all of a sudden it's spreading all over the state um, that this is going on and that, that the people who are put in the position of power that can do something about it are refusing to do anything about it. And these people will either be uh, elected or selected by someone who's elected. And if things don't change, I bet, that you're going to see a massive shift in who's holding these positions. And it's going to be people who actually have Alabama values that care about their children. They're going to run for a city council. They're going to run for mm -hmm. the boards that they're able to run for, be it school board or whatever. Uh, and you're going to see a, a huge switching out. And the left has been doing this for 80 years quietly. That's right. You know, um, and you know, I think you're going to see a huge shift because it's like it's reached a boiling point. Now there's an awareness. We've at 1819 have done our best to shine a light on what's going on. And now that now it's up to the people to do something. They have to take their community back. Well, and, tra and transparency is a key, right? Yeah. Uh, like, and, and this is a struggle for me because I, I'm sure you've seen some of the reports on me. Apparently, I am a horrible person who yeah. has a conflict of interest because I have agreed to meet with parents, concerned yeah. parents. Uh, and that somehow makes me this terrible yeah. person. Um, you know, it reminds me of Glenn Youngkin's race. You, you know, concerned parents get out of the room. Yeah. We, we, we don't, we don't actually want you to have input on what your children look at. No. Yeah. And, and, and I terrorists. Yes. They were labeled and, terrorists, domestic terrorists. And I so strongly believe in the exact opposite. Yeah. If we hold true to yeah. what makes America special, we believe that every one of these boards, every one of these councils, every one of our elected officials, their first job should be representing the people. Yeah. That that's what makes good government. And and we have forgotten that it's a society and these a lot of these boards and and um and especially the 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 leftist groups they don't even realize what makes good government anymore. Yeah. And when I read that when I read the letter that uh, Read Freely Alabama wrote on me, I, I, it almost depressed me because I was like I was almost sad for them because yeah. they don't they don't understand who I am. Yeah, I believe in free speech. I would meet with them in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, like my agreement to meet with concerned parents in Prattville with with uh, Clean Up Alabama. I would just as soon meet with them if they had invited me. Uh, yeah. I believe in open dialogue. I believe in a strong open debate on the issues. But when we get into this territory of trying to silence our opponents, and then I believe that was their attempt, right? Like they didn't like what I was saying, so they targeted me. Yeah. Well, why not talk with me? Why not convince me? Like, like, show me why it would be better to put this material in front of children. Like, I, I, and just for the record, I doubt they could convince me. No, uh, but I would be willing to talk with them. Yeah, I would want to hear their concerns, and if I'm missing something, I would want uh, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, uh, I, I need to hear all sides. I want to hear all sides to make an informed decision. And I think I think this is a classic socialist move. Yeah, don't argue, don't debate the issues because you'll lose. Yeah. You lose if you debate the issues. Just silence your opponents. Silence your opponent. Make it about personalities. He's this. He's a bad person. He's. You know, I'm a book banner. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Book banner. And, 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 I, and I, ironically, you will not find a person in this state who believes more in the Second Amendment than I do. Yeah. Uh, there is a fundamental difference between banning material or, or some kind of social. You know, we see it with the left always bans. Yeah. The right. I'm not talking about banning anything. 
I'm talking about what is appropriate to use taxpayer money for, which yeah. is a completely different question. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, but I'll just say it. I'm, I'll burn the books. I'll be the one to do it. I don't care. It's freaking insane. You're putting grooming literature in front of children because you want to turn them into homosexuals and you want to groom them and have sex with them. And so I'll burn the books. But, but, but be honest with me. Yeah. If a parent wanted to buy those, yeah. you would not be for, for saying they couldn't buy it, would you? No, I mean, but you know, there's you a whole bunch of other. Yeah, 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 you think it's a horrible idea. Yeah. You think it's a whole lot of questions about, uh, you know, um, and again, it's it, like, we and it, and it all boils down to you know the, it's it's the the myth of neutrality. Mm. Okay, the myth of neutrality is what's got us into this this place. And people are like, oh, you're a Christian nationalist. And it's like, okay, whatever you know, whatever they throw your book burner. Okay, Christian nationalist. Okay, whatever you want to call me. Okay, you know it doesn't it doesn't doesn't bother me. But but the idea that there, that there's somehow a neutral you know the government can be neutral, right? You have to adhere to some value system somewhere, and we're ignoring like. Putting pornography in front of children, specifically literature that's in, intending to groom or pull them away from a normal childhood and into some perverted sexual situation is bad on its face. And there's, uh, there's no, but, but, and, and there is no excuse for tax governmentally. There is yeah. no excuse to be engaging in social engineering because that's yeah. what it is. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. It's social engineering our children into a socialist worldview. And it goes back, you know, some people say, well, what does have, what does sexually explicit material have to do with socialism? Yeah. It's about destroying morality, destroying the family unit, destroying faith and faith, uh, you know, faith in general, yeah. <laughs> whether it's Christian faith or not, it, yeah. it's, it's about the secular humanism because they don't, they cannot have strong faith. They cannot have strong, uh, moral mor morals and maintain a socialist form of government. Yeah. What are some legislative uh, victories, and then what are some priorities um, right. that you're focused on? Well, and I, and I think a lot of that goes back to you know, goes back to the fight um, against socialism as well. Like it really does all; it's all interconnected. So yeah, so much, yeah. Um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm really proud of a lot of steps that Alabama has taken over the last few years. You know, we passed constitutional carry, which was which was a good victory for us. Um, we really lead the nation in a lot of the. Uh, transgender grooming things, yeah. uh, you know, uh, VCAP. VCAP was great. Um, some of the, you know, bathroom, um, legislation, uh, just a lot of good, strong legislation has come out of the, out of our legislature on that issue. Um, also vaccine passports, you know, I was very involved in back during the COVID situation where we had a federal government that was recklessly out of control and that, that was overstepping its constitutional bounds and saying, you know, you had to take a, a vaccine or have a, a, a vaccine passport. And I was worked with a lot of the members of our legislature on, on a bill that made vaccine mandates uh, or vaccine passports illegal in the state of Alabama, yeah. which was, and, and, and what I was so proud of was that was not just a COVID vaccine. That was all, any vaccine. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't, government does not have the authority to tell people you have to take this jab or you lose your rights. Yeah. Incorrect. You have your rights because your rights come from your creator. Yeah. Government secures those rights for you. That's why government was instituted. And so that bill passed. That was a, that was a big victory. Um, Something that really led, you know, I uh, felt like led led the nation in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and early on, so I was I was really proud of that. I, and you know, looking at that, I think a lot of that came from the legislature realizing some of uh, the fight that we're in in this fight against socialism. You know, it's becoming more and more clear where the lines are and what's being drawn. You know, uh, uh, all powerful centralized government or not. And I hope that the party took a role, in, you know, has helped a role in that. I appreciate you saying you, yeah. you, you've seen a shift. Um, I think it's important the party being strong, yeah. raising money, 
you know, having the financial input to, to also back our candidates so they're not dependent on, say, a, a, a woke group or a, or a, te- or a, you know, a teacher's union. Um, they can they can be dependent on the party. We can, we can help them get through. Yeah. It's weird. And, and um, one of the things that, that, that's tough in Alabama, though, is that our elections are in the primary and then you guys can't throw down in the primary and support certain people. Typically, you guys stay out of the primary, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And so, you know, there are obviously races that do matter that do come down in November. Yeah. Um, uh, and specifically, and that will be when you are up against teachers union and woke and stuff like that. Um, so that's good. Um, but you know, a lot of it still does come to, um, political, political influence. Like, like if, if the parties are like a lot of our freshmen, we had a lot of freshmen in the state house, you know, the party, every one of them got a check. Yeah. Um, because we wanted to make sure they had the funding they needed to, to be established. Um, and you know, that, that's important because if they didn't have that, and even if they, you know, even if they didn't have a strong general election opponent, they would be looking to another group for it. Um, And and I think the party needs to be there. We need to, we need to be involved in the political process and in the, in the policy side. You know, there's some people who don't think the party has a role in policy. I disagree. It's why we have a Republican platform. Like candidates run as Republicans because the people of our state trust the Republican party's platform because the Republic, being a Republican is just a name. It's the values we represent that make the Republican party great. And yeah. it's, it's keeping that platform strong and, and defending it. Um, and then moving forward, I, I think the greatest battle in the one area where, where Alabama, I think it's the next on our agenda. You see it from the governor, the, the lieutenant governor. Um, and I think the state legislator is, is going to be on board this year is, uh, you know, cleaning up the school system. Uh, it's so important. School choice, mm-hmm. top of my list. Um, uh, curriculum transparency for parents. Uh, we've got to have where any anything that's being taught to our kids is public to parents. Um, and then also divisive concepts is something that's very important to me. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I thought it was very interesting after being very anti-school choice for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, governor K Ivy comes out and does uh, a complete 180 and says that she's going to be working on uh, ESA uh, legislation for the next session. I think that's great. I know there's a ton of people who've been uh, working uh, on that and whether they've been working together on that or just working towards that or whatever, um, that's kind of what I'm talking about where I said, it's like, there's been a shift, like something yeah. has happened. And, and even Will Ainsworth has been, um, watching him, um, jump into the tax fight and go get 35 senators to sign up to cut the grocery tax and a hundred, you know, representatives out of 105 to, to, to cut the grocery tax and, uh, to be so vocal, uh, about school choice and, and, and on and on and on. Um, you see what Wes Allen uh, just did. He came on recently to talk about the AVID system and getting out of Eric and getting into mm-hmm. AVID and uh, the stuff that Steve Marshall's doing, the stuff that Andrew Sorrell's doing. And it's just, there's there's a shift that's happening. Uh, and I think that shift forces someone who's maybe not as conservative that is still being affected by the shift is, is Kay Ivey's like, look, we, this is going to happen. I might as well have it be part of my legacy. Well, well you, you will get left behind. Yeah. The, the public is ready for it. The yeah. party is ready for it. I, I want to point out all these better changes that happened, uh, you know, happened soon after I was elected as chairman. I hope, I hope I made it. Yeah. So that, that's my goal. But um, no, you know, so much of this is the case, yeah. you know, if, if you are behind, like if you don't, uh, and someone else will, yeah, yeah, it becomes a competition for who can be the most conservative. And that's yeah. what we want. Yep. We want, look, I'm tired of Florida leading us. Yeah. Why, why is Florida coming out with all these good policies? I want to see Alabama leading the nation. That's yeah. my goal. I want to see Alabama leading the nation for conservative principles. 
fighting for liberty, fighting for freedom. Let's be at the forefront. Um, I, I, that, that's, that's where I want to see Alabama get to in the next few years. Yeah. No, and that, that's been one of my biggest things that drives me absolutely bonkers. And you brought up constitutional carry. It's like, we're like the 31st state mm-hmm. to do that or something. It's like, I moved here from Colorado and, you know, like in Colorado, you can have a pistol in your car with no permit. And it's like, yeah. they, they have a gay governor, you know, like, and they can have, anyway, right. That's my hyperbolic way of saying they're super liberal, you know, and then you come to Alabama and, and, and you, and, and it was just mind boggling that you couldn't hear uh, and then just to see how long that took. And obviously we exposed it was the fact that the Sheriff's Association was working with Moms Demand Action to push back against. But I won't go into all that. Um, but but it did. And, and, and it got across uh, and, and it was good. But now we're starting to see areas where we can actually lead. And that's not something that Alabama has got the populace, right, the citizenry to lead. We, we've got people that will support super conservative things. But but there's not been leaders that will just go and do it, and then I and you know that's why I was so excited to see the Avid system. That was completely, yeah. you know, stepping out there and doing something um, and leading uh, by Wes Allen. So I thought that was that was really really good. No, I mean, and that's what that's what we want to see, right? Yeah. Um, and so, I, I, it's so funny because when you think about other states, when you think about um, which states should be the bold exactly. Leaders, why not Alabama? That's yeah. That like you succinctly said what I was trying to say is it's like man, we have all the pieces to where we should be an outpost of freedom. We absolutely. should be the city on a hill. Everyone should be looking to Alabama for innovative conservative policy. Yep. What you can do with real free markets, like that's what we should be doing. Um, but 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 we're not. But we're moving in that direction. It looks like, and and I'm excited so. about it. I think so, and, yeah. and, and and it's important because yeah, what we want to see is when you take a new idea, a conservative idea. Uh, to our elected officials, we want to hear them say, oh, yes, that's that will lead instead yeah. of saying what other states have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I never want to hear what other states have done it. Forget that. Yeah. We, we're leaders. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's get out there in front. And speaking of what other states have done it, do you think we're going to get Arizona? Do you think we're going to get Utah? Do you think we're going to get Iowa? Do you think we're going to get Arkansas when it comes to ESAs? What do you think our bill is going to look like? Uh, well, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm probably a radical in school choice. Yeah. I, I have this strange idea that um, our parents should be the drivers in the children's situation. No wonder <laughs> they say you're a bad person. I know, right? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, no, like, like for some reason, I just had this idea. Put parents in charge. Yeah. Um, period. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I do hope to be part of that process. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've talked with the governor's um, staff. I, I, their bill is sounding actually impressively good. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that moves forward. I know there's some talk in the uh, in the state house as well, um, more on a, a Utah style yeah. uh, bill. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes and, and kind of the if, if everything comes together or if there's different ideas that are both all introduced. You know, that's that's going to be something to watch over the next few months for sure. Okay. Yeah, I um, it's interesting, and because and, and kind of the difference between all those different bills is whether homeschools included. Is there going to be testing? Is there going to be accreditation? Right. So here's some of the kind of the different axes that we need to think through on on what kind of ESA legislation. But right now, anything is is better. You know, you can get a bad school choice bill that can be bad. There's no doubt. But overall, I think any of the stuff that sounds like that's being talked about and proposed is going to put us in a much better place than we're in. Yeah. But it would be really cool to see us just go all out. Uh, well, and make a radical change. Well, and why not lead the nation in it, right? Exactly. Like, like we're seeing the most effective school choice bills that are being introduced are the ones that are a little more radical. Yeah. You know, Arizona seems to be doing You, you can't very go well. too crazy on school choice. You really can't because yeah. it gives power back to the parents, which yeah. is where it belongs. Right. Um, so I know I'm, I'm a big proponent of getting a, a very strong bill. Yeah. Um, and, and, and don't kill creativity in education. Yeah. Like, like I tell people all the time with testing, 
I understand the, the desire for, for accountability, but we're talking about accountability. I mean, we have testing in our public schools and we're doing horrible. Yeah. Accountability doesn't actually make better product. Yeah. Let's trust parents who are more involved in the children's education than anyone to know what's yeah. best for the child and to keep track and see outcomes. And it's like, Oh, wow. Look at, look at the outcomes over here. I'm going to move my kid to where these outcomes are yes. happening. Not, not where the test scores are showing up, but where the outcomes uh, are. Happening. I'll give you an example. If I was running the school system, which would be a scary thought, let's yeah. uh, why are we not teaching language in first and second grade? Yeah. You know, that's where the children's minds are at. They're, they're, they're learning language. It's much easier to pick up a new language. Instead, we teach language in high school. Yeah. So if you had a, a private school or a homeschool who wanted to, to radically alter not the material that was learned, but the timing it was learned, yeah. it would look horrible on a test. Yeah. But the final product might be far better. Yes. I'm a big uh, classical Christian school proponent, be it homeschool or classical Christian academies. And you talk about the classical model, you know, of, of cutting with the grain, um, grammar, logic rhetoric but anyway um I won't as long as that. you leave spelling out of that because that was always yeah. my weak point. <laughs> <laughs> i i am not a spelling bee champion uh, that's funny <laughs> let's talk about the presidential election hmm. that's coming up um you know you you you've had had trump here you had to here uh, those are obviously strong guys vivek out of nowhere i've not heard him ever say anything that i didn't absolutely love but it's also a little bit of like, well, where did this guy come from? And I hear some of the attacks on him like, well, he did this. He did. I'm like, Trump was a New York Democrat that voted for, yeah. you know, that gave money to Planned Parenthood. So all of the other like, you know, the, the other lenses that we had to look through to choose a candidate, Trump completely just destroyed all of it. And so now you can have these dark horse candidates. You can have these people coming. But I think we still need to be, you know, be aware. What are, what are, your, what are you seeing as we move into this? Well, and before I go to that, I'll, I'll mention Vivek yeah. because I, I am fascinated by him because he's not... Uh, you know, he's a, he's a Hindu, yeah. but he understands a lot of the moral issues. And, and it has kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the fact that he understands the war against socialism. Yeah. And not just as a Christian, but a, a different faith, he still sees the same battle. Yeah. Um, and that's been very interesting to me. Um, I actually got the chance to sit down with him for a little bit um, yeah. up, at, up in Milwaukee after the day after the debate. I was yeah. up there for, for RNC uh, meetings. And um, it was really interesting talking to him because he is the only one out there who is talking. I think I'm fascinated when he brings up when you take God out of a society, um, it leaves a hole on people and they will fill that with something, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you know, violence, um, search, secular humanism, they're going to fill that void with something yeah. because it's, it's a hole in, in how men were made. And um, I think that's that's an important thing for us to remember. As we see crime rise, as we see shootings in schools, we're, we're living as a society that does not know why we are what we are, doesn't know who we are. Yeah. And I think I think that is something that we do. You know, that he's brought to the forefront that I'm, I'm I I think we need to as a society and as as candidates. I want to hear more candidates talking about that. Yeah. No, he's definitely thought some stuff through that's way beyond talking points. Yes. Like his handle on things and. It is an interesting thing you talk about it. So you sit here in schools and you teach that we're, you know, byproducts of evolutionary advances over, you know, millennia. And mm -hmm. then when people start shooting each other, you're surprised. Well, and we, and we have to ask that question. What changed? Yeah. Why did we not have these school shootings in the 50s? And we do now. Yeah. Like, like what was the change in our society that has caused this? Yeah. And, and, and you will never hear the mainstream media talk about that. Yeah. You'll never hear the left talk about what, what are the underlying fundamentals. Gosh, there's so many from, 
you know, Adderall and SSRIs to teaching evolution and taking God out of things to cross sex hormones in Tennessee with, uh, you know, the manifesto we'll never get to see, you know, with that shooter. I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. No. And, and social engineering, that's, that's, that, that's the word of the podcast, social engineering that John said that I think is something that we really, really need to think about. And I think um, before we jump into the rest of it on, on Vivek is, you know, when he was on Tucker and he talked about our dependence on Taiwan for basically sil- like the Silicon need it's um, microchips. Basically mm. I, I forget exactly the, I'm not, that's not my space, <laughs> <laughs> but it was basically semiconductor chip manufacturing. Right. And, and everything we have, I've got I have like 30 things just in the studio alone that run off of these things. Right. Everything in our way of life is dependent on these semiconductors or these chips. And all these chips are made in Taiwan and they're the only place that, that makes them that we're in business with. And, and, and so if China was to go into Taiwan, well, now all of a sudden we've got a, a much, um, we're much more motivated to maybe defend Taiwan or get into something that would, you know, definitely not be anti-interventionism. And it's the same as, you know, what in the world's going on? Why are we shutting down our oil production here? Yes. You know, like all that kind of stuff. And, but his, his way of explaining that situation that I didn't even know was a situation and the, the absolute dire need that could send us into world war three. And I didn't even know about it. I was just like, Man. Yes. The things that are happening behind the scenes that you don't necessarily realize. Um, And look, this is a good time to bring up the fact that bad policies have real world consequences. Yes. And, and, you know, we're talking about this with Taiwan's micros. Think about how dependent we are on China overall for manufacturing. Almost completely. We've almost destroyed the manufacturing base in our country. And when did that happen? The answer is it was back in the 90s when Clinton... A Democrat, by the way, I have to throw in my Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah get him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, gave favorite nation trade status to China. Yeah, we were not as dependent on China at the time. We have created because of our bad policies. We have created our greatest enemy. Yeah, um, and we have created a dependency on an enemy, which is a horrible, horrible situation uh, on a national on a foreign policy front. But it's it's because we overtax and we overregulate our businesses. Yeah, and then we give no tariffs to China. Who have no none of those regulations? Who have none of the regulations and, and yeah. burn by coal, like the whole nine yards. So, yeah. like it's 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 a disastrous policy, and yet no, everyone seems blind to it. Yeah, and, and now we're hooked, yeah. and so it's going to be hard to get off. But if we wouldn't have done it to start with, we would not be in this situation. And they know that they can sell their cabinets. We'll just say for ten years under price and lose money for ten mm-hmm. years, so that they can put a cabinet maker oh, out, out of business. business in Alabama. We'll say. And and put them out of business because they're able to operate at a loss until they go under and then they shoot the price up, right? That's right. And those are the type of things they were doing that Trump came in and said, Shh, Str- not going to happen. Strategic, strategic targeting, yes, because they're they're communists, so so they yeah. can do that. They can subsidize their companies until their competition is gone, and then they have a monopoly. Yeah. Um. And and we have been so stupid with our foreign policy. Yeah. Uh. And, and foreign trade, it, it is it is very sad. And a lot of it goes back to we don't have across the board as a country, we have not had an American first agenda. Yeah. And that is something that Trump brought back. And, and you know, the left hates him for it. They're like, they're like this horrible word nationalist, you know, they, they call him that. And, and I just want to say, what, what's wrong? And that's what people like Christian nationalists. I'm like, was that supposed to hurt when yeah, you threw yeah, that rock at me? Because yeah. it felt kind of well, good. Well, what's wrong with putting America first? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of love America. I, yeah. I, I kind of love this country and I kind of love the people of this country and I kind of do want to. Put America first. Like yeah. th- this is this is sad that that's even a, a, a well, argument. And, and think about it. So you're on a plane. 
you go through whatever in the in the in the in the mass drop out of the thing. What do they tell you to do first? You put your you, own you mask put your on mask so that you can help the other it, yes. people. That's not what we're doing as a nation right now. We're going around helping everyone else. And, and again, this is not an anti-Israel thing. This is just, this is an America first thing. Is that we're so concerned with Israel's border, Israel's culture, and Israel's heritage. But we like if we would focus on our border, our culture, and our heritage the same way that we're focusing. Yeah. On, like I'm happy for them that they have those things. I wish we were allowed to have those things, right? Well, well and, I mean, look, look, go even further. The Ukraine, yeah, go a step further. Yeah. Iraq, yeah. Do you know the constitution that we we supposedly help Iraq have democracy? Do you know the constitution that was set up in Iraq makes it illegal for Christians to pro- witness to Muslims in Iraq? That's what we gave them. Yeah. I, I know we have a serious, serious problem as a country, not understanding that that we need the job of our country is yeah. to put America first, yep. just as these other nations should put their nation first. It's yeah. how it's made. And when you start wanting to govern other people yeah. and force your agenda on them, that creates problems Yeah, for both them and you. Yeah. Turns out Middle East doesn't want a bunch of purple haired lesbians running around. Imagine that. Oh. It might be on to something. Anyway, um, all right, well, that'll wrap up um, the the regular segment. We're going to come back um, with our overtime segment, uh, talking about understanding, uh, having an understanding as, uh, of the battle we're in as a country. Uh, we've been talking a lot about socialists, uh, and, and that thing will kind of continue that conversation and then hit any other points uh, that we may feel are pertinent uh, in the discussion. So, Chairman John Wall, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it's good good to be on the show. I've enjoyed it. Well, that'll wrap it up. Uh, make sure uh, if you have not become a member so that you can see this overtime segment uh, that I'm going to be doing uh, with Chairman John Wall, um, go to the website. There's a button that says become a member. Click that. Uh, membership start as little as $5 a month. With that, you get access to behind the scenes content like our overtime segments on the podcast and, and other videos that we've put out. Uh, and you also have uh, will receive merch depending on the level uh, in which you sign up. So go there. Do that, and until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.